The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Back again. Music unapologetically. Been far too long. Adam and Travis. Yeah, it has. Hey, uh, your, th- your, hey. thing, your thing looks loose. There's a little knob behind there if you want to tighten that baby up. Now I'm back. Yeah, you are. So so many weeks, man. I like my microphone stands like I like my women. Functional? Yeah. Holding your talk stick. Tight. Oh. Anyways... <laughs> So many ways that could. Yeah. Go. Anyways, uh, yeah, it's been a it's been a couple weeks. Where you been? A few weeks. I've been here and there. Where you been? You've been here and there. Yeah. I've been everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a man of the the worlds. I'm a man of the regions. You were in quite a few regions. Yeah. Well. More over here. Yeah. Some up here. Yeah. And now you're back here. Yeah. That's how we do it. There's a lot of music that's popular. You know, uh, in these areas, yeah. Uh, but what we're gonna do tonight is the opposite of that and go unpopular opinions. That's a lot of syllables, <clears throat> yeah, and a lot of really good topics, yeah. So, uh, I've been kind of holding out on this one, but it is one of the topics I've been looking forward to unpopular. Music opinions. Let's be honest. The only reason you've been looking forward to that is because you hate crapping on people's opinions. That's not true at all. Um, as you know, we have a podcast called Highly Unapologetic, and one of my favorite things to do is be a music snob and tell people their music is uh, scat from the last episode we did with uh, Lewis. Poo-poo. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, yeah, what's been going on with you, man, before we jump into this? What's been going on? A man of many roles. Yeah. Just a, a trying whole, to balance them all. A whole balance. Is, is cheerleader. It, cheerleader jargon. That's a really... I wasn't even going there. Yeah. And I'm glad that you, so you a whole, did. So a whole lot of doctoring and a whole lot of cheerleading. Yeah. It's it's a busy time in healthcare. Summer is always... Kids are, you know, out, sports and... yeah. And uh, we're in the beginning of the cheer season, so coaching. Oh, two is that teams. right? Yeah. So coaching two teams, UTSA and who else? I coach a uh, a brand new world's. It's a world's level team. It's basically like a collegiate team that competes at like out of an all star gym. Uh-huh. So the owners asked us to see if we could start so this doing, collegiate team. So doing non NCAA, non NCAA competition. NCA. NC a National Cheer Association. Pretty much, yeah. Oh man. Look at me go. <laughs> High five. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's that's good, man. Um yeah, let's just jump into it. Unpopular opinions, man. And this is gonna be my opinions, your opinions, and we may disagree throughout the night. But kinda like we did about Whitney. Unpopular opinion. Already been. I cannot stand Whitney Houston or her music. It just I get, man, I can't get into it. But here's a here's an here's a, uh, an opinion that may be unpopular, and uh, anybody who listened to my brother's podcast may remember this one from him. But I completely agree with him. But uh, we've talked about cover music, mm-hmm. and we talked about Bob Dylan wrote "All Along the Watchtower." Mm-hmm. We talked about uh, Jimi Hendrix mastered. All along the Watchtower, I think he made it much better. Mm-hmm. The original version is very good. Sure, Jimmy's is much better, but the best version of All Along the Watchtower, originally by Bob Dylan, perfected by Jimi Hendrix, even more perfected 
live by the Dave Matthews Band. Now let the, let me let me. I haven't even. I've, I had no idea. Okay, so that they even covered it. So they only do it live, mm-hmm. and a lot of the times it's encore. So he'll do a three-hour set, mm-hmm. two and a half, three-hour set, and then he'll play four songs. Wait, that's that may be true. Listen, man, the whole listen, Dave Matthews Band concert is it's an experience. It's maybe four songs, but it's a it's a jam session for, for sure. sure. And it's Listen, now I'm not knocking that. I'm just right. saying. No, but you're there for three hours. And you listen to four yeah four songs. Yeah. You get forty five minute versions of four minute songs. I didn't know twelve minute fiddle solos could be so Okay, so listen. <laughs> so when I was in high school, I had a buddy named Jason, and he was a big Dave Matthews fan, and he was into all the the Dave Matthews Live and, and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. And he told me that uh, Dave Matthews did a, did a version of All Along the Watchtower. I'd never heard it before. Uh, and so then, um, I guess I was, uh, man, I don't even remember how old. I may have been 19 years old. Mm-hmm. He takes me to my first Dave Matthews concert. Okay. Him and I go. And it was a great time. They didn't play all along the Watchtower, but it got me into Dave Matthews music. Mm-hmm. So now I'm like going to, I, I went to the store, I bought all the albums that he had already had out. Mm-hmm. I'm buying albums that are about to come out or that are new releases. Uh, I remember one, one CD that I bought, the place was offering because I pre ordered it. They gave me a Dave Matthews t shirt. So I'm excited about these things. I'm 19 years old, yeah. 20 years old, whatever. Uh, so anyways, I have yet to hear it live all along the Watchtower at a Dave Matthews concert. But I buy a CD, mm. and it's live at Chicago. Okay. Okay? The last album on the... Or the last song on this live recorded album is all along the Watchtower. And it was good. And so I listened to it. And usually what happens is their bass kind of just goes off into like a big long intro solo so you know it so you know if he's getting started that's what's coming Mm -hmm. okay so i'm listening to this okay cool this is nice singing the song whatever so then they get into the jam session part of it you know that yeah the the 30 extra minutes of jam and the first solo that happens is the fiddle player you say a fiddle solo Mm -hmm. but he's not playing a fiddle like a fiddle he's playing it like a guitar that's I've seen some artists do that. It's and really so cool. it's a high pitched, super high pitched guitar solo, mm-hmm. fiddle solo, all along the Watchtower, and I was hooked from there. So you know, fast forward, you know, to some years, I've gone to fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, you know, whatever Dave Matthews concerts, however many it is, and probably half of those he's played all along the Watchtower, and it's better every time. Really? So unpopular opinion. I'll be watching that. Dave Matthews' band, All Along the Watchtower, is better than Jimi Hendrix' All Along the Watchtower. That's Until I hear it, I'm going to have to roll with your opinion on it. Okay. I appreciate that. Speaking of hearing it, did we get get in trouble for our music that we had in the background? No. I I know we, you know, obviously we got, got, you know, the YouTube police. So, yeah, the YouTube police are all over, but the... the, one one uh, episode we did with actual music. Yeah, we got and then in it trouble. Was, yeah, I got in trouble for but it. But yeah, let me go ahead and put on a playlist real quick. I liked you the lo fi fruits that we talked yeah, about. Yeah, here we really. go. Yeah. Lo fi fruits. Almost sounds Dave Matthews esque. Ish. So unpopular opinion. Yeah. Given this great state that we reside in. Texas. I hate country music. After 1998, 99. Okay. Except, for, let's just say, there's a steep drop off in the volume of quality country music. Okay. And to take it a step further, when I have patients that come in and we talk about music and they say, I love country, or they say, I, we talk about country and they're like, I don't like regular country, but I love Texas country. And I've listened to a few of the artists that they've recommended, and I dislike Texas country even more than I dislike regular country. Okay. And it makes, uh, my unpopular opinion is, country music is just terrible after 2000. Okay. As a whole, the whole genre is just awful. Okay, so I've been in Texas 
okay, I'm 39 years old, 40. Let's just say I've been in Texas for three quarters of that, mm. maybe even more. Mm-hmm. Okay, I agree with that, 100. I don't like country really at all. Yeah. Okay. So the new, the okay, so the old head country fans like the George Strait and the whoever else back then, they don't like today's country because it's. It's super poppy. It mm-hmm. belongs on, uh, I think, our pop station is 96.1. Yeah. Uh, that's where it belongs. Okay, cool. I understand that. I don't like the country music with all the like the heavy steel guitar. You don't like that? I don't like that at all. See, I love that. I, I that like, to me was like when country right. sounded like country. It sounded more storytelling. So, okay, I agree with that. I like the storytelling. But I also feel like, okay, so George Strait, I can listen to George Strait mm-hmm. when there's not a lot of steel guitar. When okay. he's when he's just playing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the other day, I uh, was in the car and um, how about them cowgirls or whatever that song's called came on. I'm like, okay, I see, I can listen to that. Mm-hmm. You know, because there's no twang, you know, whatever. I can do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as Texas country goes, I'm not into it. Uh, to be able to tell a difference. I will tell you right now, the reason I'm not into it is because everything I've ever had suggested sounds the exact same as every other Texas country song, and they're none of them none of them stand out enough to go, wow, let me send that to somebody I, I want to hear this. Well, right. So I tried to listen to Pat Green. Mm-hmm. He's one of the big Texas country whatever. He opened up the. He was the first. He's part owner of that rustic restaurant. Or, okay. He was like the opening act the very first night. And uh-huh. It was like this whole big deal. So um, I, just, I, don't, I don't know. I don't get it. Right. I tried to listen to him and couldn't tell the difference between him and a George Strait and Alan Jackson and a you know the the country from from back then. Mm-hmm. Now they're not the pop country that Luke Bryan and. Florida Georgia Line. Florida Georgia Line and and the dude who just married Gwen Stefani, what's his name? Trash McTrasherson. Yeah, him. Uh, That's what his music sounds like anyway. (laughs) You're right. No, but I completely agree. I mean, Uh, I I get it. People are like, they're loyal to Texas country because it is different. But like, I can have diarrhea and I can also be constipated, but it's both still crap. That's probably the best analogy that I've ever heard in my entire life. You can use it. Yeah, I'm going to. I'm writing that down later. Another unpopular opinion. Okay, go for it. The Spice Girls uh-huh. were incredible, and I don't care what anybody says. Um, like, take just take all the, like, the manager designed, like, designer group out of it. Okay. And those girls were all... Very talented, and like they did a lot for music. So I'll be honest. Outside of what's the big song that if they want to be, my that's the one. Yeah. Uh, didn't really venture out into them. Wasn't a was there? And so my thing was back when they were hot. I guess I was in high school, late nineties. Okay, so I was into the Fugees and Lauren Hill, Which- and I was into Missy Elliott. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not venturing out into girl pop. Girl pop like that, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, along the lines of you know disliking uh, Whitney Houston. Mm-hmm. I wasn't into Mariah Carey. Right. I wasn't into uh, any of the other. And this may sound sexist of me, but but it, it, if you are a female artist, you really have to wow me. To like get me, I'm the get, same to way. get me in. I'm, I'm just, I'm way. just not into female artists. I did, I don't, I don't like Beyonce. There's an unpopular opinion. Oh, that's I'm with you. I don't. I, I cannot stand Beyonce. Not a fan at all. Um, can't stand Nicki Minaj. Can't stand Cardi B. Can't stand you know that part of female artists. So since you hung yourself out there, yeah, you know, and again, twenty years in cheerleading been around women and girls my whole life utmost respect so don't you know whatever i cannot stand the like i am woman hear me roar music like that like girl empowerment right like the, i'm a bitch i'm a like i mean like dude i get it I, just stop with you just stop with you but i'm also not into the vulgarities of 
Megan the Stat, Meg yeah. the Stallion. That's that's literally that is the musical equivalent of a dumpster fire. Right. You just it's shock value. You're like you have to see what's going on, and it's it's literally the female version of Takashi Six Nine. It's how <laughs> terrible can this be? And I like I have to feel like the majority of the views and the clicks they get are click you have got to see how terrible this is oh yeah send oh yeah because uh, uh, it's not good these these artists that are putting out this trash music like megan the stallion make what does she call herself uh and, and with the with the, all the vulgarities and even even the music without all the vulgarities and, and whatever they have to say they have to be just laughing like we put out trash music and these idiots gobble it up well remember we talked it was a long time ago we talked about takashi yeah he did an interview and they were like i i, I know he's in a bunch of big shows right. like breakfast club and all that stuff and he was doing one interview one time and he was they were talking about his songs and they were saying about how like real hip-hop artists think that he's garbage and all this stuff and he's he reads out some of his lyrics and he goes this is trash He's like, this is garbage. He's like, what? What? The, what is this even? What am I even talking about? This is garbage. Right. He's like, this is not good music. He's like, but people click it, they watch it, and that's, and, it, and 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 it makes me money. Yeah. He's and he's straight. He's like, he's like, this is complete trash. Yeah. But it makes money. Yeah. He's very real about it, and which I got a lot of respect for him at that point because now you got a mid twenty year old. This is before he got arrested, before the whole the whole rat thing. You got an, an early twenty year old who's worth eight figures, who recognizes what I put out is garbage, it's completely a sham, it's a show, and I'm successful. He's a character, and he and he lives it fully. But at the, but what I find disrespectful about that comment, respect to that, like, yeah, my, my stuff is trash, but at the same time, you've got people on, let's say, the rock side of music mm -hmm. who write lyrics that, that means something, right? You know, and, but but here's the thing though, and they're put. It means something. It's meaningful, right? But if the generation that's most listening to music in the fastest way possible, click cloud, all that stuff, right? We see the value in that, right? But they don't, right? They're a microwave society. I want to push a button. I want to get it back, and I, I'm done. It's click, instant, off, done. Instant gratification. And why do you think if you look at look at this trash music that's out now right. that we say is trash, to that point, look how short the songs are. Yeah. Maybe two verses. Mm -hmm. Lil Pump is a prime example. Lil Pump had a song that was like a minute and forty seconds, and it was one of the most clicked, downloaded. It was like number one ranking or right. on YouTube. Right. The one that he did with Kanye. Uh, I'll be riding along with uh, Riley mm -hmm. sometimes, and this this is to your point. And he sees a he sees a rap song or a rock song or whatever, and the display on the on the little screen in the car says this song is six minutes long, and he's dumbfounded. Whoa, Dad, why is this song so long? Well, son, because it's good. Number one, mm -hmm. when you have a good song, you don't want to. You don't want to it, it to end. When you're making a good song, you want to keep making that good song and mm -hmm. keep it going as long as you can mm -hmm. to keep people's interest. When you're good at what you do, people are gonna latch to it, and an eight-minute song is no big deal, right? Uh, when I'm listening to a good song, I get bum oh man, that's the end of it. Mm -hmm. You know, especially new music. Mm -hmm. uh, Spotify is my favorite because they have the release radar. And it takes my playlist and everything that I listen to, and it shoots out uh, music that I follow, their new music. Okay. You know, so every Friday they put out a new, it's called Release Radar, and it's all the, the stuff that I enjoy. It's their new music that okay. they just put out. Cool. And so when I'm listening to this, and I get into a song, you know, and a lot of times I'm like, mm, that kind of sucks. You know, but a lot of times, you know, sometimes I'm like, man, that's really good. Too bad it's only two minutes and 46 seconds long. Right. That sucks. You know, so there's that. Unpopular opinion. Music died in or around 
let's say 2005. All music? Music died. Rock music today is trash. It's that new metal crap. Uh, you don't have uh, the same, like the Metallicas and the Megadeths and, and all that. You don't have uh, you don't have your old uh, Pearl Jams or uh, Soundgarden's Nirvanas. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of them are uh, a lot of them are passed away. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but that's around when music. I, I remember uh, being in college and uh, enjoying some of that music. It was around two thousand two thousand one. Outcast was still putting out good music. Uh, Smashing Pumpkins was putting out good music that I enjoyed. Um, but, uh, I mean, you have bands like Pearl Jam who are putting out new music, but it's not the same no. 1990s no, no. sound. It's almost as if uh, they're kind of conforming to the trash of today. Yeah. I, and I You know, I, you and I have talked about, like, the hip-hop, about Nelly killing hip-hop, and yeah. it was about that time frame. Right. The last good push of country I think was about that time we know the rock stuff and I've tried to figure out what was the catalyst you know what I mean because it'd be one thing if it were like you know this genre that genre you could look at certain people may have died certain people may have stopped making music but for there to be that many genres that just hard stop quality, right? I just I, I haven't been able to even come up with a theory, right? As to what was the catalyst that like that was the end. So, my opinion, and and this is just this is my opinion, unpopular or not. Uh, you get into the generations, the Gen Zs, the Millennials, and whatever, and the more the further along you go. The more lazy, yeah, the the generations are, yeah, right. And I think that this is my opinion. Once you get into that, that the the, and I say the younger millennials. Mm-hmm. Technically, I'm in 1982. Technically, I f- you're like an end range millennial, right? I'm a, I'm the one of the very first millennials. So you're you're a zennial, fair. That I, subgroup that like. You see, like you were part of this, and you saw this side of tech and like the world, and then you, we, like you're the first generation of, like we're the first iPhone users. I'm we're the, the first. Right. We were the first high speed internet users. Right. We saw blue collar, you know, parents. But we also and we got, see tech now. But we also got through flip phones. Yep. And we also got through dial up mm-hmm. internet. You know, like so, I mean, I, our, my so, grandparents had a rotary phone. Right. And uh, I know how to use it. So. Uh, I'm I'm millennial because the internet says I am. Mm-hmm. I'm not a millennial. I don't I don't feel like my mindset and, and everything falls into the the millennial you know how they're viewed. Mm-hmm. But music dies because now you've got a bunch of lazy people not only listening to the music but you got lazy people making the music. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, and so it's just it's just not good. When you especially nowadays with the SoundCloud. Like right. hip hop. Right. SoundCloud rappers, I mean, they make it in their bedroom. And I'm not saying, like, there's nothing to, like, I don't knock the fact that, like, man, you created a song that people listen to in your bedroom with, you know, egg foam crate or egg crate foam in your closet. Right. But how good can a song be? You know, like, it's, it's, it's taken this idea of like there are these like one in a million quality lyricists, quality songwriters. Right. And it's like anybody with a computer and a Casio keyboard can make a song that goes, you know, viral. Right. But like just because something goes viral doesn't mean it's good. I mean, look at the pandemic we're in. Right. It's viral and it's not good. And that's just a- like your poo your poo-poo music. <laughs> poo-poo. Um, anyways. <laughs> Yeah, the um, speaking to that, uh, SoundCloud rappers, Spotify and Apple Music have now made it easier for you to put music on their platform. And so if you don't have a record deal, you can still put yourself on... You know why? Because they charge you for storage space. There it is. And these people think... Oh, I'm on. I'm, I'm once I stream me. Once I get on Spotify, I'll be I'll be discovered. Because mm-hmm. no one, listen, 
I highly doubt anybody that is anybody in the music world is going to SoundCloud and just scouring for the next big thing. Okay? And so these people think, okay, now I can put my my cute little rap song on Spotify mm -hmm. and it's going to pop up. You know, uh, if you like Lil Wayne, check out, you know, Little, little young, little blueberry muffin, you know, whatever. Little, how many? Li there's only so many words that can come after little or young before there's, and no, that's more a, there's no more name for rap. Okay, unpopular opinion. I hate everybody after Lil Flip and Lil Wayne who have a Lil in their name. I agree. I hate that. I, and young, young too. Okay, yeah, I'll give you that. Uh, and that goes that goes to the point of being lazy. Mm -hmm. Okay, what can my rap name be? Lil, Lil, Lil. And so my buddies and I at work. All the memes about your rap name is young in the food you ate last time, yeah. last night. Yeah, Lil Big Mac. Oh, okay. That's literally could be. Yeah. And you have to spell the C with like a K. Yeah. And two M's <laughs> for, mul for millionaire, yeah. multimillionaire. Yeah, yeah. So dumb. <laughs> God. Uh, right, un unpopular opinion. Okay. Not enough people listen to classical music. Classical as in like elaborate on that. Like classical, like Beethoven, like Tchaikovsky, okay. Bach. Um like Handel. Like not enough people know about it, and the people that do know about it don't appreciate it enough. Okay, so I fall under the don't appreciate it enough. Okay. Uh I'm not if it comes on, I like I'm not gonna be mad about it. Mm -hmm. I'll listen to it. But I'm not gonna be like, man, that goes on a playlist. You know what I mean? Have you have you ever sat like either with like a, a good pair of like stare like like studio quality headphones, or sat in a room with like a like five to seven speakers set up with like multiple drive like multi drive setup and listened and able to hear the depth? No, I haven't. I feel like if you were to like get into this room. And just like really like close your eyes and just listen to the layers of a like a symphony playing like some like just simple as Beethoven. Okay. And just listen to it. It's it like it's it transforms like to hear because here's the thing. Here's what I love about it, and then I think a lot of people don't appreciate is when you're listening to this music, right? This is all instrument music, right? Written by one person wrote every note for every instrument and they tell a story with it and some of these like some of these concertos are like it's like a it's it's a concert i mean it's what concert comes from like these right. long drawn out multi-song things is these guys are right like these 11 12 minute you know symphonies yeah. and they write every single instrument's music and to, to listen to this, like Mozart wrote his first symphony before he was 10. Oh, wow. 10 years old. The guy yeah. was playing piano at three. And to be able to listen to that and go, my kindergartner wrote this is mind-blowing. It is, I mean, it literally, and I think that for people that say I don't like classical music, uh -huh. A, you're an idiot. Yeah. Or B... You've never listened to it, or C, you don't understand what you're hearing. Okay, yeah, and, and maybe that's it. I don't. Maybe I don't understand what I'm listening to. However, you brought up the symphony. Mm -hmm. One of the greatest albums I've ever heard mm -hmm. in my life was Nas mm -hmm. uh, doing the Illmatic live. This mm -hmm. is live doing Illmatic with. Uh, I, let me see what with a symphony. I'm not sure. Was, the, um, was it the New York Symphony? Uh, no, was it? Hang on, I'll tell you what it is. Nas, Illmatic with. It was the National Symphony, live from the Kennedy Center. Mm -hmm. It was with the National Symphony, mm -hmm. not one specific. So I guess they're bringing people all around the country probably yeah. into this symphony but it's one of the it's one of the best albums uh that i've ever heard so that that i do appreciate uh i think metallica did a 
uh, did a live with mm. a with a symphony. Well, it's a lot of, like you see like the big shows, like um, anytime you see like a halftime show or like a pregame show or something. There's it's all there's always some section where they bring out a full orchestra, right? And they play like, and it's and it's I, th- I think people unpopular opinion going back to the laziness part of that laziness is not understanding how music has evolved right everything that you push a button and you hear a sound somebody had to play that somebody had to play that instrument create that note and plug it into a digital like create a digital version of it so that you could go and get that sound right trumpet trombone strings you know scale up scale down like reverb all that. somebody had to play that right and when you peel back all of the electric and you get back to like just the music yeah i don't think people are they don't they don't realize that everything they have now is because of that and it all goes back to when a 10 year old wrote an entire symphony by himself right you know no absolutely yeah i get it and i agree with that so that's before we get to the end that's your homework yeah is to find one person Tchaikovsky, Bach, Mozart, Handel, Beethoven, somebody. Yeah. Schumann. And just listen to like 10 minutes of one of their songs. Right. You know it's cool when you've got one of the greatest uh, movies ever made, known to man in life, on the world. Bill and Ted's Most Most Excellent Adventure. Most Excellent Adventure. And they're bringing back uh, Beethoven. (laughs) Okay. So yeah, I'll do that homework and I'll do it happily. Uh, you know, I I think that another like really good So Tom and Jerry. The cartoon. The cartoon. The cat and the mouse. If you ever go back and watch Tom and Jerry, like now. Watch it, but kinda like kind of blurry your vision kind of like kind of zone out a bit and listen to the, the sound effects of the show or, uh, orchestra it's all orchestra it's yeah that's it even like the like when they run into things it's percussion like when they're running away from each other yeah like i mean it's strings it's literally just an orchestra and, and people don't probably don't even realize it too that's literally what's happening during all these great movies that they're watching the ominous the, tones the ominous tones the mm-hmm. background music uh, they're coming up on the bad guy, and the music is getting heavier and heavier and heavier. It's an orchestra building the suspense, right? So, yeah, it needs to be appreciated more. So classical music, and by me, I, I will do my homework and get more into it. Uh, what else we got? Unpopular opinions. Um, okay, let me do this. Okay. Okay. Unpopular opinion in in the '90s music. Okay. Okay. You know I love the grunge music, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, you know I love Chris Cornell. Uh, so of the grunge, you've got Nirvana, Alice in Chains, uh, Soundgarden, Pearl Jam, and Foo Fighters. Those are your big ones, mm-hmm. right? I'm gonna name a band in the '90s who are better than all of them that I just that I love still to this day and even their new music that they've been putting out lately mm-hmm. is still good and that's the Smashing Pumpkins better than all of them so I never got into the Smashing Pumpkins not that I didn't like them I think I I, I probably know of maybe two songs right but I never saw them they never hit they never struck a chord where I was like I gotta have more right just never did. And and even then, like, knowing that, like, trying to appreciate the older stuff, never had an interest. Okay. And, I, and I'll take it, a, I'll take it a, a step further, okay? Um, I love their, I love their, their hard, mm-hmm. their, like, thrashing style uh, rock and roll music. Mm-hmm. Uh, zero, uh, bullet, bullet with butterfly wings or something like that, you know, whatever. Uh, but I enjoy their softer, their softer rock. Mm-hmm. Uh, Galapagos, 1979. That's much better than their actual like hard thrasher rock. I do like 1979 um, music, and I'll say that about I'll say that about all rock music. 
Metallica, for example, uh, Unforgiven. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's one of their best songs as opposed to all the music that they're just thrashing and headbanging. You know, it's the toned down, softer version where you can't really like like headbang, mm-hmm. you know, or mosh to it or whatever. You're like, you're forced to listen right. versus just react. Right. Uh, so for rock music, that's what I feel like I like better. Uh, that That's better than the, like the headbanger, headbanger type. Unpop- and, maybe, and maybe that's an unpopular opinion. Unpopular opinion. Hmm. I think that the battle like era of music where everybody was just like Backstreet Boys versus NSYNC Christina versus Britney I think it was all a farce just to get people to listen to music that was not very good but done by very good artists because I think Backstreet Boys are like they're sing like every one of those singers is great right I think I think in sync, great, right? But I also think that like, if you'd have taken them individually at first, right, and tried to do individual artists, ninety percent of the sales would not have happened. But it was the fact that it was just like, boom, this like, the group, the group, right. and that it was all it was all just like a ploy to get people to listen so that they could like break things up, like so they that did. so that Justin Timberlake could blow up. Okay. Because he was good I mean, on Mickey Mouse Club. He was like the standout. Right. But Who, who else was on Mickey Mouse Club with Britney him? Spears, Britney, Christina? Uh, J.C. Chavez, Chaze, I think, was uh-huh. on it. Okay. Um, who else was on there? But I think you're right. I don't think you can do Justin Solo, Until- uh, Lance Bass Solo. I don't think you can do all that. And then try to be like, hey, y'all are great solo, what do you think about doing this with these, you know, four guys? That, that I don't think, I don't think that would have worked. So I, my, I guess it, to evolve my unpopular opinion to a more concise point, I think the only reason why Justin Timberlake has a career is because of NSYNC. is because he carried Insync the whole time, right? But he should be thankful that he had to. Um, do you? So you don't think that the whole plan the whole time was, hey, let's. Let's break Justin out with this group, and then he'll just break away. I think that they're, the managers and producers likely realized his talent, uh-huh. but realized that he was probably too green to do it by himself. Exactly. That's exactly where I was getting at. I think he was too young to go solo because I, I feel like when he broke away, the music matured. A lot. Like a, like a ton. Like, so you can, like, there's a, there's a thick, just noticeable line from NSYNC music teeny boppy you know whatever over into justin timberlake just like there's a thick there's a thick uh there's a thick line with justin bieber mm-hmm. you know what i mean you can you can literally tell when, and it's, when it, usher stopped controlling his music right you, you can literally tell when he grew up and his music got more mature mm-hmm. two albums it, it's been two albums there's i mean there's just that line mm-hmm. you know what i mean you can't say that about a Britney Spears, no, or Christina Aguilera. Look how they look how they've aged. Like right, milk. Right, just rotten. Unpopular opinion. Speaking of Britney Spears, uh huh. I know there's the free Britney movement. I'm probably gonna catch a lot of flack yeah, for this because, I, and only because I hope so. Because I I feel like I'm trying not to go off of just what. Like the media is guiding us to see. I'm not convinced that Britney doesn't need some sort of mentorship. Not conservatorship where she has zero control over life, but I feel like it's like I don't know whether being under that, like under that, under her dad's thumb and the court's thumb has made her appear more mentally unstable. Or if her being mentally unstable has led to the conservatorship more. You know what I mean? Yeah. But there's just, there's too many of these social media posts and things where I'm like. "Mm." So maybe she doesn't need the 
what do you call it? The conserva- conservatorship? Yeah, of her dad. Yeah. But, but I feel like she definitely she needs, needs a baby. She needs a babysitter for she, sure. So do you remember when, you know who Adam Pacman Jones is? Mm-hmm. Okay, so do you remember when he uh, signed with the Cowboys? Mm-hmm. He had a babysitter. Mm-hmm. A 24-7 babysitter. Yeah. Because of his immaturity. Yeah. That's what she needs. And that's the thing is, you know, I I see, like, I, I listen to her whole, like, that whole court uh, right. Her like, I don't, I don't think it's not a deposition, but like her, her story, right? Where she came out, and she and she spoke her piece and talked about, you know, her mental health and being a prisoner of her life, and all of a sudden, like, I mean, it struck a chord. Like, it, it, made, it made my heart hurt. Right. It really did to hear somebody who's, who is under, that much guard, you know, guardianship, and recognizes it as a as a thirty as an, year old as an adult, you know, adult, yeah. But then on the flip side, like. I see her social media post where like her makeup's like running down her face and she looks like she's just lost in her own head, you know? And that's what I'm saying. I don't know if it's this caused that or if that is the reason why they needed, felt like they needed this, but I don't think that she needs no supervision. Like the whole like free Britney, like I'm like free Britney asterisk. Yeah. Like free her, don't don't make her a prisoner, but like she needs help. Free her from her. Her dad. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Free her God, from her dad, a- but get her help. Uh, I feel like a lot of musicians just need therapy, just daily, daily check-ins. Mm-hmm. Uh, Metallica did a documentary. Uh, I want to say in like 2003 ish. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did a documentary where they were making uh, one of their albums. Uh, and that's what it was. It was the making of, and I can't remember what album. Uh, uh, re, uh, whatever. I, I don't. I don't even remember which one. But they incorporated therapy to it, to a point where uh, Hetfield took a year off. Really. And they didn't know. Just the the therapy got so so thick. Uh, he went into um, uh, alcohol therapy. Like he had to leave the situation because him Lars Ulrich. Uh, here's an unpopular opinion. Lars Ulrich. That no, is a popular opinion. Lars Ulrich sucks. Like Lars Ulrich sucks. He's a horrible human being. He just um, looks like a dude. He just looks like no, and that's ex- like you look at him like I don't like I don't even look at him and go like, oh yeah okay nice guy. He uh, just like he's just your face. You just do something. You know. It sucks when one of the best drummers ever is a is a just a. Tool. Narcissistic tool, and I feel like he's <laughs> he's the reason Hetfield drinks. Probably, uh, he's the reason. He's one of the big reasons Hetfield took that year off. Where mm-hmm. they're in the middle of making this album, and he just takes off mm-hmm. and take. And so it gets to a point where uh, they didn't even know if that album was gonna was gonna be made because because yeah. Hetfield was like. I'm not coming back until I'm ready mm-hmm. to come back. Till I feel like I'm recovered enough uh, to come back, and uh, it's that therapy. I think everybody needs it mm-hmm. uh, when you're when you're when you've got that many eyes and ears on you at all times. Yeah, you're gonna go crazy. Yeah, I feel like athletes. Oh, for sure. Athletes should go through you know some some sort of counseling during, during their career. They need career. financial counseling, and they need. Like, welcome to being a celebrity. Let's sit down and talk about what you're going to experience. Right. And the NFL, like, rookie symposium, I think that's trash. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I think it's trash when you're getting your financial advice from other NFL stars. Get it from from Warren Buffett. Yeah. Or Donald Trump. Yeah. Someone who has made millions, lost millions, made it again. So here, I, I, I want to tell you something, like... With the NFL, and I know this firsthand because I work with every day a former NFL athlete. Can you say who? Or is it his, name, his name is Dwayne Missouri. I work with him. He's my teammate. Oh, okay. And Dwayne and I have talked about this in depth because now, you know, because of what the public perceives as like you're a pro athlete. Right, like you think pro athlete, you're like you're a Tom Brady, you're a LeBron James, you're this, right. you're that, you're Michael Jordan, right. you're Charles Barkley, Shaq, like Tiger Woods. Right, I work with a guy every day. He's a, this dude's amazing. Right, loves our patients. Patients love him. He's six five, gigantic man. He was six five two eighty, defensive end with running a low four forty. Right, played in the NFL, 
what so the very first episode of um Hard Knocks. Uh-huh. Well, it was him. Was about him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The very first episode. Okay. So this guy played all these years. Then he, then he went to NFL Europe and won a World Bowl. Okay. And then he came back, and he finished out until the league shut down the AFL. Right. Played for John Bon Jovi's team. Okay. For years, right? And now and then he went and started teaching, taught for 10 years, and now he does, like, rehab. He's a rehab tech. Right. And the guy's, like, in that, like... That's his life, right? right? And we talked about life in the league, life out of the league. His buddies that like, like crashed and burned, right? You know, and he's like, and he told me he's like, there's just there's this misconception that people like it's like one percent of guys that go in the NFL that are like multi bajillionaire set for life, like blah blah. He's like, it's it's your like he's like guys like me, like you know, we're workhorses, but like. We don't have these massive contracts, right. and like after taxes and your your agent and like all this stuff. He's like, it's just a normal paying job. Like you do a little bit better than others, but he's like, but after it's all said and done, he's like, it's like a normal job. Yeah, you know. So you just get beat up doing it, and yeah. so you can't do it anymore. Playing a kid's game yeah. and getting beat up. So no, that's awesome. I think that financial stuff is, is like, and I've asked him because you know, like I was ignorant to it too. You know, like. You know, and when I talk to the you know the kids that we treat about like, hey, have you ever met an NFL player? Have you ever met a Cowboys player? You played the Cowboys, and they're like, no. And I'm like, well, you're about to. And I remember like I never asked him like, I know some guys you know want to let the past be the past, but like I never had you know I, I apologize. I'm like, I, it was very you know not respectful of me. Like, is it okay that I tell these people that you were a 15 year professional football player? And he's like, yeah. He's like, I don't mind. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So you know, like, I don't, cause I don't, I don't know if it's like a, a a part of his life where he's like, because, you know, not everybody's a Tom Brady. Is it like, well, I don't want people to think I'm a failure. Right. And it's like the overwhelming majority of guys just live a normal life after right. the league. Right. You know, like an average Joe life. Right. And he's like, no, man. He's like, that's fine. And I, and I just realized my ignorance to it too. So like, that's cool. Though. Needing a mentor, like, yeah. yeah, because there's a really good chance after this. You're going to be a teacher or you're going to sell cars sell or you're going to sell real estate yeah. or insurance. Like yeah. Yeah. that's yeah. going to be your normal life. Like yeah. you got to be, have a plan, you know? So I, I agree with you. I think that's, it's, but it's cool. Yeah. I mean, like we walk in his office and there's his helmet from when he won a big 10 championship. Where do you go to school? Northwestern. Nice. And then he's got his other helmet right next to it. That was the Germany, that the Berlin rain that he won the world bowl with. Right. And then there's a poster on the wall, just massive poster of him when he played for the Philadelphia soul. Oh, nice. Yeah, dude. He, he's 6'5", 280. Yeah. He's a, be- he's a beast. Yeah. Beast. He's yeah. such a cool dude. The thing about it is, man, even these no-name football players, and we're getting off music real quick, even these no-name football players are still good at what they did. You know what I mean? So, And no-name, that's no disrespect. And, and I mean, no like, disrespect. Like, no-name as in, like, you're not watching, like, they're, like, ESPN top 10 plays. Right. You know? You're... you're Standing next to to Joe Montana, yeah, I'm not gonna know who you are, right? Even though you played well, fi- 15 years in the league and won a lot, right? Yeah. You're you're decorated, right? You know what I mean? Uh, those are the ones that you get mad at mm-hmm. when they fumble a ball or they or they um, strike out looking, right? You know, on a third strike, you know, whatever, and you go, man, you suck. When in reality, they don't really suck. They have worked their whole lives to get to the MLB or the NFL or the NBA. They're just the lower tier Mm -hmm. of those professional athletes, but they would still make you look like an idiot on the field, whatever that sport is. What do you got to think, too? Like, linemen, I think, get crapped on the most. Right? You got Tom Brady, who's incredible. Tom Brady's only good because he's got seven giants standing in front of him right. that are better than the four giants standing in front of them. That's fair. And the only reason why your defense gets amazing picks that like run back is because you've got four giants that are faster than the seven giants standing in front of them. That's fair. So like, yeah, you, you are a nobody without the, Others. the quote unquote, nobodies standing in front. Of right. You. No, you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? So anyway, yeah, the, the advice, the, the therapy stuff, I, I I totally agree with, or fi- the financial, f- not therapy, the prep, like yeah. mentoring. Yeah, I knew I knew the rookie symposium was uh, was a joke 
when they played a uh, they aired a speech that Chris Carter gave. Mm-hmm. Now you know Chris Carter was known for doing drugs and and when he was with the Eagles and getting cut by the Eagles and almost you know falling out of the league completely before he he went to Minnesota and uh, made a name for himself. But he's at the rookie symposium one year telling the rookies to uh, get a fall guy in your group. If you are going to be a troublemaker, get you a guy on your payroll that when something goes south, he's going to take the fall for you, mm-hmm. even though you did it. Mm-hmm. That's when the rookie symposium became a joke. That dude's an idiot. So, anyways, I digress. some music. Yeah, I I had one that we, before we started talking about NFL, and I'm trying to remember it because I remember it was really good. Like, unpopular opinion. Well, let me go with one. Please. Okay, so, uh, may or may not be unpopular, but I think in my top five genres of music, mm-hmm. I would say even top, maybe maybe pushing top three, mm-hmm. is the Jazz Cafe mm-hmm. with, you know, the big bass that they're playing like this, and... Uh, a woman in a dress with a scratchy voice singing to the music. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just thought of mine. One of, but it goes... You okay. you did so well because that sparked it for me. So I remember watching this movie and it was it's called The Score. Have you ever seen this? Mm-mm. It's Edward Norton and Robert De Niro. Mm-hmm. And they are living in Canada and they team up they don't really they're enemies they're robbers mm-hmm. and they're trying to they're trying to steal a scepter from you know some building in in Canada mm-hmm. and Robert De Niro's character is dating uh, this black girl who sings at his jazz club mm-hmm. you know and and it cuts into the jazz club and she's singing and it's it's great mm-hmm. uh, there's also a lady uh, that I found on uh, Spotify one year named Cat Edmondson and she is she's a, just a scratchy voice singing to jazz music. Mm-hmm. Now I love jazz without words, right? You know the saxophone and and the big bass and all that, and, and the piano. But I'd love it even more when there's a scratchy voiced woman singing. Now those are the counter to a few minutes ago when we talked about how much we dislike, right? But they're actually singing music for sure. that means something. For sure. It's not wet, whatever else, body parts, you know, and, and here are my, you know, here are my boobies and, you know, whatever else, okay? I agree. There's, I can get into the, to that. So I will, I will not. And they're not mainstream. For sure. I will not. I'm going to preface this by, I do not promote drug usage okay i don't even we've, we've talked about this my my brother passed away from a heroin overdose in right. august i do not promote drug usage but i am for just the music i'm okay with people that did illicit things back in the day because i'm a i'm a firm believer in the no junk no soul okay because there are too many artists whose music that we love that it would have never gotten there without the junk they had flowing through their bloodstream. Okay, so do you... Let me ask you this. When you say this, mm-hmm. who comes to mind first? Ray Charles. Okay. Pink Floyd comes to mind first when I do it. Uh, have you ever heard that the Dark Side of the Moon album, you started on the second roar of the tiger for, yeah, for Wizard, uh, of Oz. Wizard of Oz? Trippy as hell. And it is trippy. Trippy. That's that's an album made on acid. Yeah. Absolutely. Jimi Hendrix. Oh, Lace Acid. Oh, absolutely. Santana. Acid. Mm-hmm. Charles, uh, Ray Charles. Heroin. Now I'll say this. Look at Molly Crew. I'll say I'll say this. Okay. Uh, I'm going to take all these illicit drugs, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm going to exclude marijuana because anybody can do anything on some marijuana. Right. Okay. I. I'm t- we're talking hard, the hard drugs. cocaine's, the blow, the acid, heroin, acid, mu- eating mushrooms. Yeah, I don't think '70s. We love '70s and '60s, '60s and '70s music. Mm-hmm. There was all kinds of drugs running through their system when they're making this music, and I can only imagine how 
horrible the music would be sober. We'd only have disco. Were they just smoking weed? No, disco's a bunch of cocaine. Yeah. Probably wouldn't have disco either. Yeah. You, just, I mean, what, you, what you would have is a bunch of post-2005 music. Yeah. And I, mean, and, it's, and I know this sounds terrible. Like, again, not promoting drugs at all, right. but understanding that music that we all love, because the music now is still an evolution of music from the past. Right. And the best music, 70s is one of the top decades of music. Absolutely. And I can tell you right now, if you ask any person, tell me your 10 favorite songs from the 70s, drug, more than induced. half of them are going to be, would have been made. On something. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Ray Charles, that's a good one. Dude, I was not expecting heroin, that. bro. I was not expecting that. He, oh my God, <laughs> on so much heroin. So I don't know why heroin. Pink Floyd was my first one. It's probably the Wizard of Oz thing. We The Doors. Oh, Jim the Morrison. Oh, have, you ever, have you ever seen that movie? You need to watch it. I haven't. It's called The Doors. It's, uh, it's, it's, um, we talked about that. Yeah. Like the name of it. Like he, he said, Peyote opened the doors to his mind. Right. Yeah. Val Kilmer. I've seen the, the trailer for it. But oh my gosh. Go watch it. It's trippy. It's, it's made. It was made on drugs. It had the, the whole movie had to have been made on drugs. Sure. It is wild. Uh, I watched a, um, I watched a Woodstock documentary not too long ago mm-hmm. and all that music. Oh yeah, they were they tripping. Were, uh, drugs brought you one of the most iconic national anthems ever, ever made, ever mm-hmm. played by Jimi Hendrix. Mm-hmm. Uh, sweating LSD, tripping balls, mm-hmm. and playing one of the greatest, one of the greatest versions of of the Star Spangled Banner you'll ever hear. So yeah, that's not not promoting it, but. I, I, I say this hesitantly. Not promote. Thank, thankful for their ability to have made music. Not under, under the influence. I think that's a better. I'm not thankful <laughs> for the drugs. I'm thankful for their ability to stay coherent enough to create magic while on it. Not promoting it, but accepting and, and thankful. That it's, it's them, not me. I, I get to enjoy it without the drugs. Right. Absolutely. Uh, they they are what you call, or what I would what I would call, just a, a, a sober. Uh, high, yeah. Because you're listening to their high, yeah. And it's and it's and you feel it, and you feel it, yeah. Absolutely. Like, I mean, if you close your eyes and listen to some of that psychedelic rock, oh yeah. With like, turn the lights off. But that's just and just listen to it. If you don't feel some sort of way, yeah, you're not listening. No, I agree. Like you're really not listening. I agree. Um, got time for a couple more. You got any more? Let me say this. Hip-hop beef. I want to say, unpopular opinion, my opinion is 90-ish percent of it, fake. Oh, for sure. I feel like the Nas and Jay-Z was fake. The whole time? The whole time. Mm, I don't know about the whole time. I'll say a majority then. I think when they realized how big it was getting, they I, both realized that it was something they could capitalize on and they exactly. kept rolling with it. I think there was probably a little bit. Tupac and Biggie, I feel like it was real. That was definitely real. Uh, NWA with Ice Cube and, and all them, I, I feel like that was real. But once you get out of that, once you get into like Eminem, even, and, the, Eminem and Machine Gun Kelly. No, that's all garbage. Fake. Completely. Eminem and Nick Cannon, fake. You remember, you remember I think we talked about a, a while ago, when, when Tupac and Nas had their beef, it was very short-lived. I don't remember. So Tupac and Nas had, a, like, an, it was like an East Coast, West Coast thing. Yeah. Right? And Snoop Dogg tells this story. And he was with Pac. And Pac and Nas, like, met up. And Pac had, like, his whole entourage with him. And uh, Snoop said that he was with Pac. And Pac started talking, like... You know, yeah, you know, you saying all this stuff now. Say something now. Say something. You know, and he's like, no, oh, he's like, Pac, man, it's nothing but love, man. Like, you know, I, like, I respect, man. I like that. I like your music and this and that. And Pac's like, yeah, that's right. You know, yada yada yada, like just flying off the hinges. And Snoop said he kind of took a step back and looked around, and all of Nas's people were like, kind of like, getting ready. You know, just kind of getting settled in. And uh, he said that he and Pac walked away, and Pac's like, that's right. Like I told this mother, you know, blah blah blah. And Snoop said he looked at Pac and went. No, he let us go. Like, 
he let us leave. And I just, like, Nas's crew was just like, it was about, it was about to be over. Like, he's, Snoop's like, I just kind of looked around. He's like, I just saw everybody getting ready. And Snoop's like, we, he let us go that day. <laughs> <laughs> that, I've never heard that story, but that makes me Coming happy. from Snoop, listening to that story, I was like, yeah. I mean, I got like, yeah, kind of uneasy. Yeah. Um, that makes me happy, though. Queensbridge, man. Yeah. You cats don't play. Listen, man. I'm all about the New York hip-hop. And I feel like New York hip-hop is the best hip-hop. Yeah. By far. The East Coast, West Coast beef. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a beef, man. There was... It, it's like saying... It, it's like a, a rivalry. Mm-hmm. You know, that you know the Cowboys and the... You know, who's somebody that beats the Cowboys all the time? Like, the, you know, whoever. You know, or the let's just say the Eagles and the and the Giants. Mm-hmm. It's not a rivalry. The Eagles been beating the beating up on the Giants for ten years now. Mm-hmm. You know, type thing. Yeah, that's what the East East Coast West Coast rivalry to me was. It was, it was. It's not a rivalry. No, East Coast would would destroy these dudes not only in the studio but and maybe in the streets. Yeah, you know. But uh, you got anything else? We're right at an hour. We did pretty good. I think we did pretty good. Yeah. All right, so let's shut it down and uh, let's give some people something to listen to. Classical. Classical rock or classical Beethoven, Bach, whatever. Give them something else. Give them two more. Um, Go listen to two other Spice Girl songs. Oh, okay. I like that. um, Don't do drugs. Don't do drugs. That's your homework. Don't do drugs. Okay. I'm into that. Okay, so I'm going to go with, uh, number one, the Gorillas. They have not gotten... Listen, man. The Gorillas, yeah, up up here. Um, they're one of my favorite groups ever. I've seen them live before. <laughs> and they put on... It's only a, two dudes, right? No, it's a, it's a whole band. I thought it was just two guys. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's a bunch of dudes, actually. And they never... As far as I know, the concert I went to, mm-hmm. they played behind a curtain with silhouettes, you know, drawn out real big on the on the curtain. Mm-hmm. They didn't play. You didn't see who they were. I've always thought they were two, just. I think I, I, I thought I read somewhere it was just two dudes. Uh, Interesting. That's yeah. yeah. You got you I got more than Clint that. Eastwood. Clint. Yep. There's that. Uh, next, I'll go with. If you're a fan of Pharrell, which I am, go check out his rap group, NERD. I liked NERD. Yeah, I did too. They were, they were good. And I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go a different route on my third. Let me just uh, go um, for it. Unpopular opinion. Okay. Is it's maybe not be unpopular, maybe unknown. Okay. Everybody knows in the United States knows about artists that are big here. Uh huh. The biggest artists in the world pale, like United States artists pale in comparison to these international artists. Like these people that, you know, like, oh, I got a, a platinum album, I sold a million. Some of these international artists, like from Spain or from Mexico, that do tour, like tours all over the world, uh-huh. go like triple diamond yeah. in one year. Right. So I would suggest to people to find, like, look into some internationally big artists, like how Yanni was in the 90s. This cat did shows all over the world, right? You're so like, try to find, like, if you Google like, top selling international artists okay. of the year, find an artist that you may have never heard of that has sold like 150 million albums, but you just never heard of them because they're not mainstream USA. Got you. I just thought, just I saw like, just thinking like Yanni. I don't know why that popped in. I think it's this lo-fi stuff. But right. Like, start thinking of like Inya. Like the Irish, you know, Irish and Scottish folks that like, they don't tour the U.S. Maybe a few spots, but they do like two hundred spots all over the rest of the world. Right. And just because we don't know about them, we're like, who is that? Like, no, that's one of the top selling artists in history. No, for sure. Agreed. My last one. Okay. Is a podcast. Okay. That y'all need to go listen to. It's called No Dogs in Space. Okay. Okay. My friend Sarah uh, took me to the airport. Uh, the other day and uh, put me onto it, and they did a five-part series on the history of the Beastie Boys. Now, this is a music podcast. They'll right. go, they'll go into. 
you you might enjoy. Do you like the punk scene? Yeah. They do a lot of history of the punk yeah. scene, so you might enjoy all of it. All the Ramones and stuff. Yes. And uh, they did this five-part series with the history of the Beastie Boys, and it goes so in-depth into, like, Russell Simmons, you know, uh, Run DMC, and it made me realize how alike Run DMC and Beastie Boys are. It's it's wild, and they played excerpts of songs next to each other, and I went, wow, that does sound like the Beastie Boys, or wow, that does sound like Run DMC. So it's called No Dogs in Space. Uh, So go check that out. Uh, Do us a favor, y'all like, subscribe, share, follow, uh, tell your mothers hello, uh, tell everybody about us, we'll tell everybody about you, and uh, until next time, we'll catch y'all later. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.